just finger gunned me right into the parking lot. I said, oh, okay. So this is how it's going to be. a solid backup. Chris has been shitting on Coco all, all year. God, this guy Coco Jones. You're going to put him in double-digit goals? He couldn't even get off the plane properly. He got hurt right yeah. off the right yet, off the stage. But yet you're making love videos for Robbie Robinson. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 37 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, alongside my co-host, Christian Duran. And as we do every Wednesday, we'll be previewing upcoming game with a, I mean, before the show, I thought it was a fan, then it was a journalist. I don't know what it is. I guess he'll explain it to us later, but we got Todd Lewis. But before I get into Todd, how are you doing, Chris? I'm good. I am not in Miami. I am in a hotel Texarkana, well, not Texarkana, it's Texas, but I felt like it sounded better if I said Texarkana. And uh, yeah, still repping Miami out here, and, and let's get it popping. I actually love the new Miami. Nice. Nice. And nice as, as you can see, Texas has horrible Wi-Fi from what I'm seeing, and uh, we're going to try to tough through that. But uh, we're going to welcome in you, Todd Lewis from the free... Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, man, we got we, we work with what we got. Todd Lewis from the Free Kick Podcast, Philadelphia Union Podcast. Now, I don't know if you're a fan or a journalist. If you're both, I guess you could tell us if, if you are. What's going on, Todd? What's up, Daniel and Chris? So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, for, for everybody that's listening to this, whether it's live or whether you guys are listening to it on your drive to work or wherever you guys are listening to it, uh, we, we were chatting backstage and they were like, you're a fan, right? I was like, no. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm only a journalist. And I was like... Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of New York Red Bulls, and like I had these guys believing it. Definitely not a New York Red Bulls fan. Uh, journalist, sure, we'll go with that. And uh, yeah, I am a fan, so uh, we, we can get into all that information a little bit later. But it's great to be on the show, and uh, you guys, I've listened to a couple of episodes, and you guys, you guys have some top-notch guests on. So uh, well done to you guys. Oh, thanks. Uh, but you're gonna, you're the biggest, right? Uh, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we like to have some fun. Uh, and but before we get into the the game this week, we gotta do a little housekeeping with some Inter Miami stuff, right? So first of all, I know a lot of people listening probably already know, but just in case, yellow parking on Saturday again, free for everybody that's a season ticket holder. Now, before I get into this, Todd, if you're a season ticket holder in Philadelphia, do you get free parking? No. I was about oh, to ask okay, you okay. free parking. That's that's amazing. Okay, I, th I thought it might be just a Miami thing because a lot of teams, I would assume that they include the free, the parking with the season tickets. I feel like it should just come hand in hand. Okay, so it's yeah, not just sure. Miami. Philadelphia does not. Okay, no. Well, we have a big issue where you know Miami's playing in a temporary stadium, yeah, and they don't have necessarily the the parking to fit eighteen thousand people. And the biggest lot that they use, the city doesn't want them to use it anymore for parking because they want to build a park there. So everybody's scrambling to figure out what they're doing. But for last week and this week, they said that they would open that lot up for us and season ticket holders get it for free. Now, that's awesome. The mess is, I mean, yeah, but the mess is that nobody's really checking to see if you actually paid or you're a season ticket holder. So it's just everybody's just getting in. So it was quite the show last Saturday. I'm sure it's going to be just as fun this Saturday. But uh, Chris, we got free parking. You excited? I'm sure Chris is saying some really interesting <laughs> stuff, but he froze. So I will move on while we get Chris situated. So we got free parking. 
And I'm then dying. the other news. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's okay. time. I'm living in Back to the Future time. <laughs> Chris, did you hear that Campana is week to week officially? Because I know we recorded on Monday, and I told you if it's a hamstring or a calf injury, he's probably out for a good while. But it is now official. He's out. He is week to week. Did you hear about this, Chris? And I hope this is Chris from the present, not from the past. No. No, I didn't. I haven't heard anything about Campana, anything okay. of what's going on. I wonder well, if my he's... message is already getting to you. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. Right now, we're good. I'm, I'm hearing you live. I'm hearing you live. Campana, he's week to week. How do you feeling about Campana officially being week to week? Well, hopefully, I'm not like second to second here in my Baymax speed. Uh, no, I'm hoping good, that he pans out. Yeah, I'm hoping that he pans out and any, at least he makes it into the next game. I mean, I don't know. Week to week sounds kind of scary. Super suspect. When it's a calf injury, if he rushes back, he's going to be out for an extended amount of time. So don't don't bet on him being back. Well, definitely not this weekend. I thought he's back for NYCFC either. I, I'd expect him back maybe around Toronto, in Toronto, or maybe our next home game after Saturday in Chicago. But we'll see. Uh, uh, I got Lucas here. You said one to two weeks. I really think it's more three to four weeks. I hope you're right, but um, I I'm really guessing that's what it is. All right. Um, and then my last question before we start talking some Philly. Chris, we have no Campana. The reason we went to the 4-4-2 was for our two strikers up top. We no longer have Campana. Do you think we're going to stick with the diamond formation? Great insight, Chris. Thank you. All right. So we're going to go on to that later when Chris gets back. But I guess we will start now talking Philadelphia. Mr. Todd Lewis. Every week we have our opposing teams, podcast, journalists, guests, fan on. And we ask them a couple questions about that's it. Okay. Now. I have a question for you that I just don't quite understand yet, so I need you to explain. What exactly is dupe? I had a feeling you were going there as soon as you said uh, you uh, <laughs> don't really understand. So dupe, um, man, so some Union fans might kill me if I get this story wrong, but I believe dupe was adopted by the Union's very first coach, uh, Peter Novak, uh, back in 2010. Uh, they they took a trip over in Germany, and uh, Gladbach, the the German Bundesliga club, uh, that's a goal song. And Peter Novak enjoyed the song so much, they brought it to Philadelphia, and it's stuck ever since. So uh, yeah, every time the Union score a goal, uh, the lyrics in the song go doop 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 do do doop doop doop, and yeah, people just say doop, and so that, it's uh, it's taken off since Peter came back from uh, Germany. Oh, gee, that's interesting. I had no idea because I, I remember when I was, I was like, okay, I got to find somebody that has a, a, a Philadelphia Union podcast or something. And I started searching. And when I saw that the hashtag was dupe, I dupe. was like, what the hell is this? So I was really confused. Chris, do you got any questions for Todd? Super random. Code? Yes. Well, well it, it's super, super random, that whole dupe stuff. But my question to you is, is the Rocky series not the most overrated series of all time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, every every movie's overrated. I'm not a big movie person, but the guys in Philadelphia that kill me. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the the Rocky steps. Pe- what? People love love the Rocky steps. Uh, I've maybe seen one or two Rockies, and I can't even tell you if I've seen them all in full. So, <laughs> all right, not a movie guy. So, I had. How, a, how are you? Well, Phil, one of the, how are you a Philly guy? Well, I'm. I'm not even from Philadelphia. I, I'm Daddy, from Maryland. Answer the question before I go back. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Okay. You... Yeah. All right. So, um, look, Steve. Steve jumping the gun, but that's okay. I'm just gonna jump in because this show ended up being a little weird with Chris's internet. So we're just gonna jump around here. Steve, question to Todd. What would you consider the union's biggest weakness? I mean, you guys are pretty stacked from top to bottom. So I am curious. What is the biggest weakness? Um, man, after that 4-1 uh, trumping of Columbus, I mean, you would say there is really no weakness on this team. Uh, I, I've been saying, though, when I did my season predictions, that I think the biggest weakness for this team is they don't have a striker that can change the game off the bench. Yes, we have Joaquin Torres, um, who made an... In, in impact, instant impact. Uh, of course, we have Mikhail Ua and Julian Carranza. Uh, both strikers scored 27 goals last year together. Julian scored two goals on Sunday, uh, Saturday against Columbus. But yeah, I mean, Mikhail Ua, we've not seen him go 90 minutes, I don't think, in his union career. He usually comes out around the 60, 65th minute. And he came out actually the 78th minute on Saturday against Columbus. I think that's one of the longest appearances we've seen from Mikhail. And uh, last year, our first option off the bench was Corey Burke. This year, it looks like it's going to be Joaquin Torres, which is fine. But Joaquin Torres isn't a striker. And so he's not a like-for-like replacement like Corey Burke was last season for Mikel Uhr or Julian Carranza. And so, yeah, I, I would say not having that big target striker is probably the biggest weakness. But, you know, is it really a weakness if you have four or three, uh, four or five goals uh already in the game the like you we get did to so many times last last season so is that a okay, weakness well, maybe maybe not well before we get into julian carranza because i do want to get into him obviously he has history with us um i was watching that columbus game and for the most part i felt like columbus dominated that first half oh, i think 100%. that your first shot on they i think your first shot on goal might have been in the second half uh the first shot on goal was we had one shot on goal in the first half. I mean, if you're not counting okay, the penalty. Okay, so you did. Uh, Daniel okay, so you did Gosling in the 35th uh-huh. minute, yeah. Oh, he scored, in the, 30, shot. Oh, he scored in the first half. Uh, okay. he, yeah, he scored in the first half, the penalty kick. That's right, uh, that's the right. first shot, and that wasn't a penalty, uh, was a 35th minute shot. Ball in from Bedoya out wide. Daniel Gosling was unmarked on the top of the box, and it was a low-driven shot and um, easy, easily saved by the goalkeeper of Columbus. Chris, do you have any questions before I keep going? I'm, I'm hesitant to, to go to you because I'm not sure if you're ready to talk or not. All right. So <laughs> I had a question. As, as as far as last year, last year, obviously, you guys were killing it. But you guys took a massive jump from 2021 to 2022 offensively. What mm-hmm. exactly led to that jump? Because you guys completely killed it last year when the year before you had a score, I think it was like in the 40s. As far yeah, as goals. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the, the big reason was, oh man, there goes Chris. I think maybe, but it's okay. We got you and I, Daniel. So <laughs> we'll We're keep the show going. Yeah. But yeah, the big difference I, I would say is 
Okay, so let, let's focus on the 2021 roster because I, I could take this question a couple of different ways. Where in 2021, our striker depth was Casper Shabelka, who, you know, was a decent striker for the Union, uh, scored 15 goals in, when was it, 2019 it may have, may have been, uh, and then eight goals and eight goals the next two seasons. And then we would pair him with Sergio Santos. We'd pair him with Corey Burke. But what changed from 2021 to 2022 was the striker depth was a lot better. We had two DP strikers in Julian Kranza and Mikhail Uwa, which are clear upgrades over Sergio Santos, Corey Burke, and Casper Shabilko. And I would even go back and look at the beginning of 2022. We weren't scoring a ton of goals. Mikhail Uwa was dealing with visa issues. He was dealing with injuries. And so it took him a while to get into the starting 11, working his way back with fitness. And so we would see Julian Carranza, Sergio Santos pair each other, Julian Carranza, Corey Burke. And the two strikers, they can never really get into that uh, chemistry because it was always a rotating cast between Corey Burke and Sergio Santos. And then when Mikel Uber started to get healthy, then that's when you started to see the chemistry between Daniel Gazag, Julian, and Mikel really start to come together. And we, we just didn't have strikers that could put the ball in the back of the net in 2021 to 2022. The thing about Casper Shabelko was he's a good striker, but after he would get a chance and he would fluff it and miss it, he would lose all the confidence and it was all mental for him. And Julian Kranza, I mean, we've seen him miss plenty of chances with union. He had, I think five shots this Saturday with Columbus, but you know what? Julian doesn't let that get to him in his mind. He, he still goes and anymore. Stills always. Yeah, for sure. He's always a threat going forward where Casper, it's like, well, I'm going to get down on myself. I just blew my only chance. And that, that, that really affected him, especially towards the last end of the 2021 season. And with our two strikers now, that, that doesn't seem to be an issue. And you look at Mikel Uwa, he scored 13 goals last season. I think last year he had 65 or 66 shots on target, which was tied for the second most on the union. Daniel Gazag was first. So, yeah, he might not be taking a lot of shots, but you know every shot that he takes going to be on target. So the, the difference is, you know, the strikers are just better from 2021 to 2022. And you guys have the MLS dream where your three DPs are two strikers and an attacking midfield. And yeah. like that, that's everybody's dream in the MLS. You just want to put your DPs out there to score goals and they did their job. Welcome back, Chris. Yes. Thank you for having me back on the program. Hopefully <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't move like shit now. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about where you were, where you were mentioning here is that uh, as far as the players are concerned, one of the people that really stand out to me as far as a stinger is probably Carranza since we used to have him on our team. I don't know if you guys mentioned that before or not. No, not we... yet. But Julian Carranza with us, I don't know if it was the, the arrival of Iguain or what, but his his growth, just it just never happened. He just never developed. Um, and my understanding is that Philly has never – they're not known for developing strikers. So something clicked with Julian in the time that he left us and last year where he took off. And I mean, I'm glad to see that he took off and that Miami was able to kind of find that gem. I just hate that they weren't able to develop them themselves. Yeah. And th this is something that I've been thinking about the last couple of days, really, where, yeah, people, it's so easy to get on the whole, whole the union just ripped off into Miami for Julian Carranza. I think what it was. Yeah. 
fifty thousand dollars in GAM uh, for the initial loan, and then I think it's in installments of two hundred fifty thousand to uh, two hundred. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean they, they gave him one, <laughs> but but here's the thing: I think fans aren't looking yet. That all the credit in the world has to go to into Miami for identifying him because correct. They they went to Argentina. They knew this guy was talented. It didn't work out in the system, and I think part of that reason why is Chris point. Henderson's done a fantastic job with Inter Miami. Phil Neville's come in and changed the culture of the club. Jim Curtin was speaking about that today at his uh, press conference. He said, "Yeah, what's going on on the field's great for Miami, but what's even better is that he's created a culture." off the field with Miami. And I think that goes a long way where when Julian Kranza was in Miami, I don't think Miami had that. And I, I don't think there was a real clear identity how the club wanted to run. And he comes into a club in Philadelphia where it, it's clear what they want. And I remember talking with people, they said, well, you know, Julian Kranza is a really great defensive striker. And that's all we knew in Philadelphia. Okay. He's going to work his tail off defensively, which is great because that's what the union require with their strikers. And then you right. bring him in. You're like, this guy's getting hot in the preseason. Scored a couple goals in 2021 in the pre 2022 in the preseason. And then you look, the season gets going. And like I said earlier to Daniel and Chris, we, we were going between two different striker partnerships, three different striker partnerships with Julian Kranza because Mikhail Ua wasn't healthy. He was dealing with visa issues. But then once you bring in Mikhail Ua and the chemistry that Julian was already building with Daniel Gazdag, now it's taken his game to another level where, yeah, Julian gets a lot of shots and everything, and not all the time he's finding the back of the net. But, you know, he's still getting those chances. He's not letting it get to him mentally. And uh, we, we've seen him finish off quite a few plays here the last uh, few months with the Union. Well, I, look, I, like I said, Julian is in a good situation, especially with the striker next to him, Ura and, and uh, Gazdag behind him. So, like, you, he, has, he fell into the perfect situation. I think here, with, when, once Higuain came, unfortunately, that little core that they were trying to build in that inaugural season, it kind of fell apart. Pizarro, look, uh, everybody has their opinion about Pizarro. I'm not a huge fan, but he was playing decent up until he got in. He's not a 10. No, he's, he's not a anything. <laughs> he's not, he's definitely not, not at a DP. all. But, and then we have uh, Carranza. He wasn't able to develop next to – like, I, I feel like things just changed. But, I mean, like that, that's a story for another day. <laughs> I, I did have a question for you as far as the Philadelphia Union go last year. Now, obviously, you guys was, won the East. You guys were second for a supporter shield. You guys made it to the championship. You lost. Um, thanks to Gareth Bale's late goal. That's that was brutal. And by the way, and let me just put this out there. I think you guys should have won the title the year before, but NYCFC got that cute COVID <laughs> yeah, title. Yeah. yeah, because then you guys went with your B team and they barely beat that team. But I guess, I guess and again, that's a story for another day. They, should have, been, they uh, should have been a championship once within the past two years for sure. For sure. For, for sure. sure, and then last year they almost had it in the bag until Gareth Bale had that that last game. But the, what I did want to bring up about last year, Philly, awesome, awesome team. You guys didn't lose at home, but where you guys did find weakness was away, right? You guys played seventeen away games, and I think you guys won ten of those. I want to say you lost five, and maybe you 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 drew some of those. Am I am I right on that? You, no, no, I'm sorry. You were seven five and five in away yep. games. Seven wins, five losses, five draws. So if there's any time to beat you guys, it's when you guys are not playing in Philly. Any idea why there's such a big discrepancy? Like, I know it's, it's obviously better to play at home, but Jesus, that, like, 
not losing at all at home to seven and five away, it's just kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, would you really consider a, a seven wins on the road not great? I mean, that was a crazy. No, no, I'm not saying not great. Union, but you guys, you guys were, you guys didn't lose once at home. Yeah, I think for a team like Philadelphia, I know if I was a fan of that team, I would kind of be like, "This is kind of weird. Like, we're super awesome at home. Like, like well, they were, they were awesome, awesome on the road. Look, they were still awesome on the road, but obviously." They feel a lot more confident playing at home than do away because to be seventh to lose all five of your games and they were all on the road, it's just some, a stat that I was surprised when I saw. Uh, I mean, that, that's weird hearing that from the outside perspective. I mean, talking to other people, they 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 thought the union and even talking with Jim Curtin, he thought that they were always favorites on the road where they went into places. I mean, look, they went into LA before the playoffs and drew against LAFC drew. at home. And then they go into the playoffs in the final and yeah, they lose on penalties, but if that game would have ended in regulation. They, they would have drawn again on the road. Uh, the, the only place I lost, think that they, you lost four to zero against Charlotte in Charlotte. No, I, we, we did. And that was, that was a bad game and not, not to make excuses because I don't, uh, I never make excuses. I say how it is for the union. Um, yeah, right. Talking with Phil Wedden, the goalkeeper coach, back in January, um, maybe a fan. Well, actually, yeah, you guys should remember because remember the hurricane uh, that hit uh, Florida back in when was that in September? Hit Florida and then it went up the the East Coast and then made its way into North Carolina. Yes. Uh, the 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 players, the coaching staff, they were getting told by the league office that this game's probably not going to happen. And so when you're in that mindset that this game's not going to happen, then they say, actually, you guys are playing your game in Charlotte, and then they're like, actually, we might move this game to Monday. So the players, the coaching staff, they weren't really sure when this game was going to happen. And so when you go in with that mindset. When are we going to play? Are we going to play? We're going into a state that has a hurricane coming through. I mean, are you really focusing on soccer? And I don't think the players really were. And you could tell yeah, that watching that I game that, that, you know, they, they really weren't focusing that game. And credit to Charlotte, you know, they didn't let that affect them. They scored four goals. Daniel Rios scored off four goals in that game. And look, now he made his move to Liga MX. And I'm not sure uh, they really know what they're getting from Daniel Rios, where he scored seven goals last season for Charlotte and four of those came against the Philadelphia Union. I mean, I've seen enough yeah. of Daniel Rios where I don't think he's a great striker. I don't think he's a starter in MLS, but here he is going to uh, Liga MX and maybe they think they, they, they know how to unlock something in him. Yeah. But I would say minus that Charlotte game, I think the worst performance was against Cincinnati, and I was and there in Cincinnati was it, covering was the it game. Two zero or three zero? Uh, that was uh, putting me on the spot. I think three one or four one, okay. and the Union were just outplayed. And credit goes to Pat Noonan, uh, Philadelphia Union's old assistant manager. Uh, Pat Noonan, I think, so highly of he he just knows what the Union are going to do. And uh, if your fans, it was three one by the way. Three one, okay, not four one. And we played them earlier at home at Subaru Park, and we tied 1-1. Uh, that playoff game against Cincinnati, we won 1-0. You won 1-0, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Cincinnati had our number. And uh, credit to Pat Noonan and those players and that coaching staff for knowing how to play against the union. But I, I go in with a mindset, and I think the players and coaching staff do as well, that they have a chance every time they go on the road. You see so many teams in MLS, when they go on the road, they just sit back in that low block. They don't really attack. Now, Philadelphia plays their game style no matter where they're at. And uh, you guys will remember, uh, Philadelphia, they they don't play well at home against Miami, but down in Miami, they, they seem to play well. 2-1 victory last season. 
<laughs> yeah, I, well, I think Philly was one of the teams that we did lose to at home. Which you guys barely lose at home. Yes. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. We're one of the better home teams in the league. I, I believe the only teams that lost less than us at home were Philadelphia, NYCFC, LAFC, and Dallas. Only four teams that lost less than we did at home. So we're a solid home team. And again, seven and five and five is not a bad road record. But when I'm talking about it's just not undefeated the best like you are him. <laughs> right. Right. If if I, I'm gonna feel think... good about playing against Philly, I want to play them at our home rather yeah, than in sure. Philly. That's that's all I'm saying. But you right, know, Chris. I don't think I don't think the point was that they were trash on the road, right? Like I think the idea was that I think Philly is one of those teams, especially in the East, that I thought that were really, really a good team. So to have that sort of record on the road, it's just a little surprising because you'd expect, I don't know, that you'd win three quarters of your games on the road maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me thinking, of course, as an outsider, but just looking at it holistically as a team that is doing really good on the East, I would imagine that they would have done a little bit better on the road. Well, and I think the benefit that you guys have this season is that you guys basically brought back the entire team. Like, yes. I know that you guys lost some some depth in the, on the bench, but, I mean, the starters, the, for the most part, they're intact. Like, you're good. Yeah, it's the same starting 11. And uh, so... it's been most of these starters for the last <laughs> three, four years. And uh, Jim Curtin talks about that continuity with his squad. I mean, you, you look at teams in MLS when they're constantly changing their roster and everything. It takes uh, time for these players to adapt to mls and i think one thing that gets overlooked about mls is how big the united states is i mean you could be all the way in miami then a couple days in seattle and and players that are coming from overseas and everything i mean they're used to just getting on the train taking maybe a two three hour ride you're you're talking five plus hours depending on where you are in the united states and that takes a wear and tear on your body and i know players are traveling charter but look you're still crammed up on a plane and um what was the question? I completely <laughs> just uh, blanked on that. We're well, still it, talking about the road form, right? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this much, Todd, and this is just a secret between you and I. Okay. okay? I'm really hoping that Damian Lowe starts and scores a goal. For he will. <laughs> he'll, he'll start? He'll start. He'll start. <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to get into that because I, I know why you're saying that he's going to start, and we're going to get into that in a second. But before we get into that, let me get into some of the questions in the chats because some people are asking you questions, and I want to get to them before we lose those these questions in the comment section. So first of all, do you think it's gonna the heat is going to affect the team at all? It's going to be 92 degrees this this on Saturday. Yeah, Jim Curtin was talking about that today in his press conference in his opening statement. He said, yeah, the the, the weather is 100% going to be a factor where uh, we just played a game Saturday against Columbus. I think the, the high was 30 degrees by the time the game kicked off. And now you go from 30 Jesus degrees Christ. to 92. That's a big difference. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. been cold here on the East Coast the last couple of days. And so to try to, I know the team was just down in Florida with uh, preseason. So I'm going to be used to it, but look, they, they've been back on the East Coast for a week, two weeks now, and the body's getting used to the cold weather again. Now they got to go back down uh, south, and of course, of course, I think uh, the, the heat's going to play a factor, and we're really going to see you know, how fit these players truly are. All right, I, I got Steve Munoz. Is Cincy the biggest threat in the East for Philly this season? 100%. 100%. 
I fucking I hate agree. That. I, th I think I think Cincy might might win the East this year. And I hate that. I hate that that fucking goalie is still the fucking goalie over there, man. Fuck that guy. Wow. Well, he's not as bad words. as Galicia. Yeah, yeah. He's not as bad as Galicia. Galicia's a fucking bitch. Guy Sorry that I just cursed, but he is a fucking bitch. But the other guy's kind of a bitch. So, yes, I'm on, and, I'm on board with both of you guys. I think that they're and, for sure going to compete against And him. Matthew is with Chris on Damian Lowe scoring this weekend. He's just own goal. And yes. He might he might do that. Just so you know, you haven't seen him on the field yet, Todd. So <laughs> he might do that. He might. He might. All right. So coming into this week, you said Damian Lowe might start. Now, reason being, I would assume you guys have a Champions League game next week. So I'm assuming that you guys are gonna put some depth some depth players in this Saturday because you gotta keep you guys fresh for the big game in El Salvador. Am I right? Yeah, 100%. Um, Jim Curtin said that we're going to need the whole squad. Uh, he said right after the Miami game, they're flying straight down to El Salvador. That game's Oof. on Tuesday. And then afterwards, then we're back home against Chicago Fire. So uh, Jim's really looking at all three of those games, said we're going to need every single player available. And, um, and Jim Curtin joked and, and champion, said, yeah, now, now, now the real season starts. Priority. Uh, Jim said Miami takes priority. He said okay. the, the main focus is uh, Miami, and then we're focused on Champions League. So I don't think Jim looks too far ahead. Yes, he has the overall picture, like we're going to need the whole squad for these next three games. But he said uh, Miami is the priority right now. That's our primarily focus, and we're going to need the whole team. But uh, I, I do think that we will see rotation. We won't see the same uh, lineup we saw against Columbus on Saturday. Uh <laughs> Low, die by low. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I would argue, right, where maybe I'm completely wrong. I was saying on my show where I thought Damian Lowe was your guys' best defender. I don't think you guys were great. He was. That's how bad season. our defense he was. That's yeah, how yeah, bad exactly. it was. And, <laughs> That's how bad our defense good, good, was. Good, 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 good. Now, now, now I know oh, when, when I was uh, talking about my season predictions, I was like, uh, Damian Lowe was your best uh, defender, but that's he not was. saying much. So good, no. good. I knew what I was talking yeah. about. But you, you pair you him something. next to Jacob Glesnes or Jack Elliott. I, I think that's going to up his level. And Jim Curtin it said is. the same thing once you they acquired the him. Back line in, in MLS. And, and when I was looking at Damian Lowe's underlying numbers, because look, when that was announced, I wasn't too high on Damian Lowe because I know what Damian Lowe is. But when I looked at those underlying numbers, like. He, he did everything last season for Miami that the Union looked for in their center backs where he's great at tackling. His positioning, okay, a little bit questionable, uh, but but the Union center backs have to be good in the air. They have to be good at tackling. And Damian Lowe was and that's what he's good that at. last season. And so yes. you, you add somebody that's a good leader next to him and uh, Jack Elliott or Jacob Glesnes, and then depending on what side you're going to play Damian Lowe, he'll probably play on the right side for the Union. So he'd be next to Olivier Baizo, who has been shaker, uh, shaky defensively. But it seems like last season he really corrected that once he gained his spot back from Olivia, uh, I said Olivia Baizo, from Nate Harriel. Uh, so you add in Jake Blissness or Jack Elliott, it doesn't matter who you pair him with. I think Damian Lowe will be better. I saw that comment says all it takes is one mistake, which is true, right? Uh, the, the Union aren't prone to mistakes usually but look it could happen this game right and you, you guys i'm sure are hoping for that <laughs> well I'll, I'll tell just you, to give you some perspective I, I, hold on let me Sorry, let me Chris. make a point real quick before you before you go ahead and get onto that the one thing that you mentioned about leadership in terms of that he's going to be looking at someone else 
in terms of an example and leadership, that's what he needs. Because on this team, he was that guy kind of for the other center back. So like for him to have to look up to someone else to play up to their standards, I think is going to be key for Damian Lowe's growth with, with Philadelphia. Go ahead, Danny. Well, I was just going to, I was going to let Todd know that the best game he played last year was against Orlando by far. He was everywhere. He was winning balls. It, it was great. He, <laughs> the, by far, the best game he played was against Orlando. And in the 92nd minute, he scored the only goal of the game, and he scored an own goal, and we lost 1-0. So yeah. that is Damian Lowe in a nutshell. By far, I, I, I'm, I feel pretty confident in saying that was his best game. He, he looked like an animal out there up until the 92nd minute where he scored an own goal. And it's like that's what we started expecting from Damian Lowe. He would just have that one mistake that felt like it was detrimental to the game or to the team. So, But having him as your third center back, I think that's amazing. For him yeah, to for be the sure. third I mean, center where back. He's not asked sure. to be the guy where there's no pressure right. on him. Yeah, that, that's, that's great yeah, for him. That's key. That's key. I, I, I think I think he's gonna he's gonna do much better this week. Uh I mean sorry, this year. Um so champions think you said that Damian Lowe might start. Is that just a hunch, or did you hear that he might actually get the start? Uh it, it's a hunch for me because like you said, right? Priority has to be CONCACAF Champions League. And you're going down to El Salvador where it's not an easy place to play at all. I mean uh south america nope. <laughs> there's Latin american teams oh yeah 100 percent uh some of these players are going to experience an atmosphere like that for the first time ever in their careers and so i think that's going to be a wake-up call for those people so it makes sense where you would start your regular starting 11 the same starting 11 we had last saturday against columbus down in el salvador against alianza and, and so jim Curtin in the preseason was messing with a three in the back formation a lot and it says that they do want to play a three in the back formation more this season. Yes, the 442 diamond is our base, and Jim Curtin's admitted that said 442 diamond will always be this team's base, but we will experience with the 352. Jim Curtin's talked about it for years how he wants to play in a 352 formation with three center backs, and now you bring in a third center back in Damian Lowe, who okay is not a great MLS starter, but it's a good option coming off the bench. So sure. I, I just get the hunch that. We do see the Union go with three in the back against Miami. And look, Miami, I'm sure Phil Neville's a great coach, and I'm sure he's having his team prepare for that. <laughs> but I think Miami, if the Union come out in a 3-5-2, will they know how to react to that? After they've seen the Union the last couple of years playing the 4-4-2 diamond, they, they've been good against the Union in the diamond at Subaru Park. Uh, like I mentioned, I mean, yeah, they, they won 2-1 last season in Miami. But I think coming out in the 3-5-2 uh, formation would maybe cause a little bit of confusion for Miami in this game. And, you know, if I was Jim Curtin, I'd go with Damian Lowe, Brandon Craig, which he's never had an MLS start in his Ooh. career. It only played one game. Uh, is a highly rated prospect with uh, the Nas U.S. national teams. And then I'd go with either Jacob Glesnes or Jack Elliott, play them for... 60 minutes and then uh, sub the other one in just to keep those guys fresh, keep them healthy for the game in um, El Salvador. El Salvador. But I would not be surprised at all if we see the Union go in three in the back and Damian Lowe makes a start. Oof. Well, we, we, we're not really sure what our formation is going to be on Saturday because without Campana, that was the reason we were playing the 4-4-2. Like if Julian Carranza yeah. goes down, maybe you guys have the depth to keep that diamond. But I don't think that we're going to keep the diamond 
uh, formation. I know we, we didn't use it last week, and I don't think we're going to use it this week either. Uh, we're going to try to play a more possession-based game. Uh, how that's going to work against that tough midfield that you have with, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how this is going to go. I just know that if we hold on long enough, we might get some Neville ball. Because if you don't know what Neville ball is, it's one, two things. One, we play players out of position. Yeah. And two, if we were to get a lead at any point, we're just going to hold on for dear life and just defend. So our goal is to score early and play Neville ball. That's what I would assume that Neville is going to go with. Um, but but I let guess me we have, go ahead. But let me mention something because I've noticed one thing about Todd. And I give you a lot of credit for this because not even the Miami fans give credit for this. Uh, I see that you really do think that Phil Neville's doing a, a pretty good job. Like I do. Yeah, and, and a lot of people here in Miami, they are freaking haters. And they don't think that he's doing a good job. They don't think that he's making the right decisions in terms of starting players or formations or what, whatever it is. And we've been on here, well, at least I have. You know, sometimes Danny likes him, sometimes not really. You I've know, never hated but, on Neville. I mean, I hate that he plays players out of position. That's why Lewis Morgan yes, ended up going brutal. to the Red Bulls. Yep. That, that was brutal. Which is Todd's Morgan favorite because... team, for sure. <laughs> 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 and so, I mean, I mean, so, but I noticed that you, you during during this time, that you actually think pretty, pretty decently of him. Like, he, he seems like he's doing a pretty good job, right? I mean, hopefully he strings up a, a formation that can be able to counter against Philly, you know? Yeah, and look, I'll, I'll make the, the argument for Miami fans that don't like film Neville where, look, Union fans will know this, right? They, they didn't have a culture. Or you can look in Cincinnati where prior to Pat Newton, they did not have that culture in Cincinnati. And look what happens in yeah. Cincinnati last season when Pat Newton gets there. He has a clear identity how he wants his team to run. He has an identity how the team's going to play and changes the complete mindset of that club. And Credit has to go to Chris Albright, too, who was also in Philadelphia. And, yes, they've taken a couple of Philadelphia players with them to Cincinnati. And, okay, they have the Philly mentality. And so that's going to affect the locker room. But, look, when, when Jim Curtin was in Philadelphia, that, that team, when he took over in 2014 as the interim coach, uh, that, that club was a complete mess. And Jim Curtin says it all the time. He's like, I'm so grateful that I was given a chance by my owner for not getting rid of me. He, he could have gotten rid of me multiple chances when we've had bad year after bad year. But Jay Sugarman yeah. stuck with Jim Curtin. And once the union finally get a proper sporting director in there and Ernie Stewart, who says, you know what? We're going to play this way. We're going to play possession Dutch soccer, a 4-3-3. And then Ernie Stewart leaves to go and take the sporting director role with uh, U.S. soccer. And then Ernst Tenner comes in and says, you know, that's great. You guys were playing possession soccer. Uh, you guys are doing a good thing with the academy. But we're going to switch to a 4-4-2 diamond high press system like the Red Bulls play because that's where Ernst Tenner came. He came out of the Red Bull system. He was with yeah. Salzburg, I think, for seven or eight years before he landed in Philadelphia. And so having that identity, how you want to play. And another thing I think Phil Neville's really good at too, in Miami as a whole, is they're giving young guys a chance. So many teams in MLS don't give young players yeah. a chance. Bryce Duke, I'm high on him. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's going to uh, – I saw the eye roll. I think Bryce no, Duke's no, no, going I love, to. No, I love I, Bryce Duke, but we, that goes to – We die for Bryce Duke, but yes. Neville doesn't give him a chance. Yeah. Well, should, on, right? As a 10, at least. As a 10, yeah, for As sure. a 10, exactly. That, that, that is Bryce Duke's best position. He should be playing yeah. as a 10. And you guys go out and sign 
uh, Stefanelli, I think his Stefanelli, name. Uh, uh-huh. Argy- yep. Yeah. To play as a ten forward, playing the ten. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Bryce Duke, fantastic player, but it just goes back to that whole mentality thing where Julian Kronze was in a bad situation in Miami. They don't really yeah. have an identity. Phil Neville comes there, and Jim Curtin, like I mentioned, talked about it today in his press conference. It's great what's going on on the field with Miami. They make the playoffs last season, 48 points. That's fantastic. 10, 10 wins at home, I think, last season. Yeah. He, he's made yeah. something good at, at their home park. But what he's doing off the field is better. And I think when you can get the players to buy into that, be one big family, that's bigger than any superstar. That that's is. exactly what the Philadelphia Union are. They have no superstars. The team's a superstar. And that's what I see happening with Miami, whether fans want to admit that or not. Yeah. Well, I think Philadelphia's in trouble because we're going to get messy this summer. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> I will tell you, this last season, guy. like you said, we ended up with 48 points. Now, everybody likes to bring up that the season ended and we had a negative nine goal differential. Mm. That's true. But those first five games, while Neville was trying to get the tactics and everything in order, after the first five games, we were at negative 10. So although ending up positive one isn't necessarily great after the first five games, it's definitely better to be positive one than negative nine. Those first five games just seemed like a lifetime ago because things completely changed once the sixth game came around and we finally won. Yeah, um, Miami was one of the hottest teams towards the end of the season. Six out of yes, uh, the sure. 10 games were wins. I mean, yeah. the, the team really brought into Phil Neville and what he was trying to do, and that's why they got into the playoffs last season. And it was also the Pozuelo effect, but, I mean, unfortunately, yeah. he's not with us anymore. All right, so talking about Saturday, I want to hear your prediction. What, what do you mm. think the outcome is this Saturday coming up against, well, you, for you going up against Inter Miami? Well, I mean, th- these games, I mean, the, the most goals that we've seen scored in this game was three goals. So, I mean, there's never really any high-scoring games when these two teams meet. Uh, I, I do think Miami is going to win this game, uh, which maybe surprises you guys. But I it think the Union it are going to go I expect with... the same thing. Okay, cool. Um, maybe some of your listeners, maybe everybody expects Miami <laughs> to win. But uh, the Union are going to rotate their squad. And when you rotate your squad... Um, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, Jim Curtin yeah. says, you know, I can't tell the difference between one starting 11 to the next. No, I think that's just, you know, giving his players the motivation, not that they need any more motivation since uh, somebody in the athletic article said they're not even an effing good team. They just kick the shit out of you. So uh, you guys, oh man. You said that I'll about Philadelphia? Guys, they said that, yeah, some executive said that about the union. And uh, you, you did not need to give them any more motivation than uh, what you... Uh, what they already no, needed. I not, mean, they're, sure. they're pissed that they didn't win MLS Cup, and now you have an executive saying they're not even good. Like, great. Now now you guys saw what they did last year. Now you guys are going to keep them motivated for the rest of the season. And Jim Curtin talked about that again today. He's like, you know, there's one person out there that we got to we gotta prove that, yeah, we are a good team. And Ali Bedoya, after the game, came into the locker room and said to us, he's like, which one of you guys work for the Athletic? None of us work for the Athletic. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> Put this on record. That person's a coward. And he's like, find out what executive said this in MLS and tell him I straight up said he's a coward. And so I'm sure we'll probably never find out what executive that was that said the union aren't good. But, yeah, the players, the coaching staff, they're motivated to prove this one person wrong and say that we are a good team. We don't just kick the crap out of you. And I don't think that's going to be enough to beat Miami this week just because of the rotation. But I think we will get a good game. Uh and I have a quote for you guys. You kept talking about Campana. And that's something that, you know, I was interested in too because Leo Campana was huge for you guys last season. And, yes, you guys bring in yep. Jose Martinez, 
Rusev hasn't been the same since that ACL tear. Maybe he yeah, discovers his old form in Miami. But Jim Curtin said this about Leo Capano when I asked, you know, does your game plan change at all? He said, you never want players to go through injuries, especially very talented strikers like Capano, who's still young and is getting better and better. I know they have a big season for for him, but certainly they will miss him, which does play into our advantage. But again, Phil Neville wants the best players on the field at all times. So again, unfortunately there, he'll be back after our game. And he says that your attack is very difficult to deal with. He says that you guys have great outside backs. He says that you guys have good outside play. You guys are good going forward. And he says your two key players are Gregory and Mata in the middle, who says not just ball winning, but when they get a hold of the ball, they're passing their movement is really, really good. And they're all kind and they're the anchor for that Miami team, which I agree with. I think those are two great players. I think they're two underrated midfielders in MLS. I don't get a lot of credit around the league. You never see Gregory or Mata. Uh, Mota mentioned when people are talking about great yeah. midfielders in MLS. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on an Inter Miami yeah. podcast. I, I, I love MLS. And um, when somebody's good, I'm going to admit that they're good. And it, it's crazy. Yeah, it's easy to say, oh, Jose Martinez, Ali Bedoya, because Philadelphia Union had a great season. But Gregory and Mota were fantastic last season for Inter Miami. And they uh, will be again this Saturday against the Union. And, and the fan base is a little split on Mota sometimes. He loves to, to use his cannon. And he'll, he's guaranteed to take a 30-foot shot from outside the box, you know, at least once a game. But I, I agree. I think they, they stabilize the midfield. And uh, if we come out in that 4-2-3-1, I think they're going to, you know, buckle down and hopefully slow you guys down. Chris, any predictions for – well, what is your prediction for Saturday? Well, my prediction for Saturday before my internet craps out again, <laughs> uh, I think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be like a, t like two, one for inner Miami. I think that, I think that inner Miami is still going to be able to score two goals. Um, it, it's, it's like what you said, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes in terms of the players starting. They're looking forward to Honduras. It's, I, I think it's a recipe El for Salvador. disaster when it comes to, I mean, El Salvador, my bad. Um, I think it's a recipe for disaster for the, for, for the game coming up this Saturday. So I think it's going to be I, a two, one win for inner. I would have felt a lot more com uh, confident if Campana was playing and if Joseph was fully fit, if, if it wasn't for that champions league game coming up on Tuesday, I would say I, I would expect into Miami to lose and that I'd be hoping that they could maybe pull off a draw somehow and get a point out of here because there's so much uncertainty with who's going to be on the field for Philadelphia, because we are historically a good home team, and because the only weakness I find in the Philadelphia Union is that they can't be undefeated on the road, <laughs> I will say that Inter-Miami does pull off a win. I also think maybe 2-1. to one, I would love a clean sheet, but I can't imagine keeping those three studs off the field, even no, if they yeah. only play for the first 60 minutes. So I would say 2-1, and once we go up that that. 2-1 score in the second half. We play Neville Ball and we just protect that lead. And um and that and that's what I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping that that's what happens. I mean, Philadelphia doesn't need this win as much as we do because Philadelphia is going to win plenty of games this year. I'm I'm feeling a Lassiter goal. I don't know about you guys. Ooh. It would it would definitely I, be I'm off waiting. of a bounce. He, he'd hit off the goal post and he'd have like three <laughs> shots at it. And as it keeps bouncing back to him, he'll eventually get it in for sure. But he, he, he never gets it on the first one. Last it frustrates me. I'm sorry. Um, anybody in the chat, if there's any questions for Todd before we sign off, go ahead. Feel free to ask them now. 
Todd, I did have one more question for you. Yeah, go for it. Is Will Smith the mo- the best rapper to come out of Philadelphia? Meek Mills. Oh. <laughs> no, I know it's Meek Mills. Even though Chris would say Freeway. Uh, I, I know it's Meek <laughs> I, no, Mills. Hey, hey. I actually would have said, said Gangstar, but that's fine. They they had they had freeway. Uh, I believe it was a, the game against Cincinnati, the playoff game. They they had them uh, have a free concert. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie, it was it was oh, pretty that's epic. Nice. Now before my computer completely dies on me because well I can't even get into the story because my computer's gonna die on me soon. No, uh, we're just dying. What's here the, what's what, what's what, yeah? I know today's been a, a horrible day. I apologize to everybody watching and listening. If you're listening on audio, what is the Philadelphia game day experience like? Just to end it on that because. In Miami, you know, we have, you know, Coffee Bustelo being offered. We have Vice City partying. Like, what's it like in Philadelphia? Like, if I were to go to Philadelphia to watch a game, what am I expecting? What am I walking in? Are you guys throwing Philly cheesesteaks all over the place? What's going on in Philadelphia? <laughs> now, you uh, you have people tailgating, all, like, super early. And all up until game day, I mean, you have the Sons of Ben doing their tailgate, which is the one of the supporters group for the Philadelphia Union. You have Keystone Sons State Ultras doing their – Sons of Ben. Yep, you have Keystone okay. State Ultras doing one of their tailgates. And, um, I mean, people are welcoming. If they see you in into Miami gear, uh, yeah, you might get a little bit stick. But, like, people will say, yeah, come tailgate with us. Come hang out with us. Like, people are very, very That's welcoming. Nice. Um, which, you know, Philly fans don't really get that rap. In other sports, especially they the don't. Eagles. <laughs> and thanks lucas um but gee look um look fan, fans there will definitely welcome you with open arms and i had this experience in 2020 or 2021 i think 2021 yeah 2021 when i went down to atlanta where after the game uh th- there were some salty atlanta fans when uh we drew uh at the last second with that jacob glesness uh double uh triple crossbar shot and this one guy so drunk behind us he's like Oh, go home and just cussing at us and everything. But this one guy comes up to me and says, yeah, really good game, Philly and everything. He's like, I appreciate you guys for coming out here, traveling to see your team from Philadelphia. And so I, I make it a goal of mine. Whenever I see somebody in the opposing jersey at Subaru Park, I, I try to make it a goal of mine to say thanks for coming because I think if we want MLS to grow, we need yes. away fans to go to games. And I know there's going to yeah. be some union fans going down to Miami this Saturday. But – you see it all the time in Europe. You see it in South America. You see it down in Mexico where what makes those atmospheres great? It's because the away the fans is, are there. And so we, the, we need that in MLS. It's so big, though. It's so big. It's hard. So it is. And, and, and Atlanta's doing a good thing. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, for away games, they're, they're giving tickets away for free to their fans. If they want to go to an away game, oh, here's a free oh, away game. I think more teams in MLS need to get on board. If you, if you want your fans there to make an atmosphere – at the opposing team stadium, give away free tickets and props to Arthur Blank and that front office in uh, Atlanta for doing that. But I think more teams need to get, need to get on board with that. I agree. That, that, that's awesome advertising right there and, and marketing, trying to get that. Look, that's how you get fans to, to become really loyal to your team. That, that, that's yep. awesome. I hadn't heard of that. Uh, Todd, there's a question here. Thoughts on, on the Apple TV production. Mm. How much time we got, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> I with, with my with my battery life, I'd say a solid three to four minutes. All right, cool. So we're doing it in a minute. Uh, so when the deal fish, uh, when it first came out, I was not happy because uh, that was the end of our um, local broadcast. And uh, Drake Cordero, who I'm sure you guys are familiar with, I've had him on my podcast a couple times. Um, 
And I was sad to see that, you know, he was losing his job in Miami. I know he has this thing with CBS. And luckily, you know, he got picked up with the MLS Apple deal. But uh, so many people I've had on the, the podcast that I consider friends and everything didn't make the cut. Some people did, which is yeah. great. But so I, I was really, really sad to see people lose their jobs and not get offered jobs for the radio side of things for their team or get brought on board with MLS and Apple. But, you know, I think we can all admit the uh, the production, if people didn't go to the Miami game this weekend, you know, the production level was quality. 1080p, I mean, that's a step up yeah. from the 720 that we were watching. In the um, local broadcast. Not well, yeah, I, I don't, exactly. I don't, know if, I don't know if you took a chance to, to watch the Miami feed, but yep. the, the, the quality of the, the feed wasn't – like our pink it jerseys looked white. Like it was yeah. whitewashed. It, it was. It, I was surprised at how poorly the, the visual was. And there's going to be hiccups, right? I think they've said that, right? They they got yeah. to work through the hiccups. But, you know, trying to watch Union games on repeat on 720, it was so bad. And trying to get highlights and everything. I mean, <laughs> compressing those Ooh, videos cool. in 720, mid into like 480 and everything. I was like, this is unwatchable. Um, so I like <laughs> that. But <laughs> getting rid of the local broadcasters, Ray Hudson, love Ray Hudson. And I know some people hate him, some people don't. But, you know, he understood the culture in Miami. Dre Cordero understood the culture in Miami. They knew the club inside and out. And you don't really get that with this regional broadcast group going all over the United States, uh, covering multiple teams, not a select team. So I'm not a fan of that. But if MLS can do it right, which I know is a big ask, uh, a big if, if they can keep it really regionalized, which – doesn't look like they are because I see uh, Tyler Terrence, uh, another friend of mine, he called, who did he call, uh, the DC United game versus Toronto. Now he's flying down to Orlando and he's based out of Chicago. I'm like, man, I, I would expect you to call games in the Midwest and you're on the East Coast? Like, w- what's going on here? And so I think if but, broadcasters can cover a couple teams, I think that would be right. great. But it sounds like MLS is just going to send them all over the United States, yeah. which isn't great. I, and how much can they really learn from watching a couple games, getting notes from people because they're not at the club day to day. So correct. I don't like the aspect of that, but the quality, I was happy with that. Um, a lot of content, which, which is great. We, we haven't got a lot of content. You guys doing your podcast. That's great. We need more people doing podcasts, but yeah. Um, what they're doing with the inside access with different clubs and everything. I think that's great for the league. And uh, it's pretty cool that you can go wherever in the world and watch MLS and have no blackouts. It's, it's pretty yeah, cool. I, I think, I, I think that's amazing. I think that's the benefit we had on Monday when we were streaming, we had somebody from the UK so that they watched their first MLS game this past week in the UK because it was so easy to access it. So I think that's awesome. And when we get messy, the whole world's going to be watching us. So 100%. Oh my God. I'm looking, right, I'm looking so. forward to uh, Messi coming to Subaru Park and selling my season yeah. tickets for that game and uh, making mad money. Eastern Conference Finals, Miami, Philly, and I hope you host us at your tailgate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm love to have you at the Sons of Ben tailgate <laughs> and show you around, let you guys meet people. Um, I, I know <laughs> uh, that there was an incident with Miami fans a few years ago where I don't know how true this was, but apparently some Miami fan was fighting Union fans. Don't know how true that was. And I know uh, this past year, uh, DC United fans were complaining that uh, into Miami fans apparently attacked somebody's car like in the flat tires i don't i don't know how true that was was it really miami fans i mean people can say the same people do say the same about philadelphia fans but look trust me uh you guys come to a tailgate and everything they they do it right for you guys 
Well, I'll uh, tell you this: you, you, it you, wasn't me, you, and it wasn't Danny. So, no. <laughs> and, and you got Miami fans in the chat up in arms about not getting free tickets like Atlanta fans are getting. But yeah, it's crazy. All teams life, should do that. They should. Todd, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear about the Philadelphia Union, just because you love MLS and you want to hear more about just all the teams in general, Todd, you can find them at, at what is it? Life of Todd. It's a Todd Life. I'm sorry. On Twitter and Free Cake Podcast. Is a, you drop how about one episode a week? Uh, twice. So I do a match preview twice. and a match review. So, um, yeah, twice find it, Apple podcast, Google, uh, Spotify, wherever, just typing the free kick. And then the, uh, Twitter, Twitter handle for the podcast and Instagram is at free kick pod. Super easy to find. Yeah. I, check him out guys. Cause Todd is Todd is, I'm so sorry for my connection issues in the beginning, and, but let me tell you something. On, You're on it, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that. Look, and we have a toast question that we ask at the, at the end of every episode, but my battery is at 1%, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to make it past the toast question. So I apologize yeah. to everybody that wants the toast question. It, we'll it, add it, it at you. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely cool. add it at you because – actually, no, look. I'm just going to put it up. What the middle line. One through, one through six. Go. Go, Todd. Uh, we're going with <laughs> three. There we go. Three. And I don't drink coffee, uh, so I'll go with whatever looks the best. So I'll go with oof, E. Okay. And the steaks? And the... Yeah, steaks three. Three. Okay, Look at right. that. Todd so is the fucking man. The go follow him just because he knows his toast. All right. Toast to that. So, again, we apologize for Chris being rich and traveling around the world doing through the podcast. <laughs> I apologize for my computer dying on me and i'm living off of this one percent over the last five minutes i promise you we will do better next monday hopefully we're celebrating a win either way thank you todd for joining us thank you guys for joining us live on the chat and we will catch you guys next week peace